0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Well, Commitment Watch is still ongoing. And to answer the question that you probably got in your head, no, I have no idea where Jackson Dart is going to end up. I don't have a clue. It is Thursday as of this recording, Thursday morning, and I have no idea where Jackson Dart is going to end up. But Commitment Watch continues, and whenever that happens, we will have a reaction episode here for you, whenever that happens, whenever that may be. I have no idea um, when that will occur, so... In the meantime, I guess we'll talk about other stuff. My name is Michael Borky. I'm really glad to see you guys on this Thursday. Uh, a couple things. Uh, Ole Miss lost a staff member yesterday. Lane Kiffin lost another one yesterday. Uh, Coleman Hutzler. He was the guy that was the acting head coach during the uh, Louisville game when Lane Kiffin was out with COVID and um, you know managed the timeouts pretty well, it seems. He is off to Alabama, and I'm not going to rehash all the other staff moves and stuff. You've heard my opinions on that before. Uh, This one is (laughs) the easiest to explain away. Uh, If you're getting hired by Nick Saban, you're taking the job. It is, I mean, look, I'm not going to do, even entertain the idea that anybody thinks that this is, quote, a lateral move. This is the most understanding one of them all. This is the easiest to explain of them all. It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. It's the best program in college football. It is what it is. I bet most of you probably couldn't tell me who the special teams coordinator was going into this. And I bet most of you, after the new one is hired, probably couldn't tell me who that is either. So that's, you know, that's it's one of those things where, yes, it's another staff member. Could we make a big deal out of it? Yeah, maybe we could. But Nick Saban hired him. It's the special teams coordinator. Uh, They will find another. And you guys won't know the difference. And neither will I. And neither will most anybody else. So. I hate to diminish an on-field staff member like that because apparently people, including Nick Saban, think very highly of Coleman Hutzler. But when you lose the special teams coordinator, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come in here with some some take about how the sky is falling or whatever. Just not what I'm going to do. Again, most of you probably didn't know his name, and most of you won't know who the next guy is. It's the special teams coordinator, and he took a job with the best program in college football. Sometimes. What are you gonna do? You know, not gonna lose sleep over it. That's for sure. So that's uh, that's the news item out there. JJ Pegues is also returning to Ole Miss. The Oxford native went to Auburn to play tight end. They moved him to defensive tackle. He showed some flashes uh, for whatever that's worth. He showed some flashes. Didn't play a whole a whole lot. Wasn't a starter or anything like that. But people are really high on his upside. Is returning to Ole Miss. Transferred back to Ole Miss, presumably to play defensive line. He's got the athleticism to be a highly effective one. And, he again, he showed flashes in that transition at Auburn, and uh, we'll see if that can become a thing. So that's uh, the latest addition from the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin loses a staff member. He loses Keydron Smith to the portal, and that's a position that, while he's a good player and and was helpful and useful, I think that his playing time was going to go down this season. And so if you've got one year of eligibility left and you're a good player because he's a good player, Um, You want to go somewhere where you're going to play more than he would have for the Ole Miss defense this year. Maybe that's a spin zone, but it's kind of how I saw it. Uh, So you lose a staff member, you gain one from the portal, you lose one to the portal, and uh, everybody's on commitment. Watch with uh, Jackson Dart and Michael Trick. We'll see if that happens. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it has happened. Whenever it does, again, you will get a reaction to this as a – or a reaction to that on this feed as well. So we'll see whenever that goes down, whenever that goes down. The podcast, by the way, is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you're in the market for office technology solutions, anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, they can service you. So if you're looking for office technology, from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security, anything in between, if it's technology, if it's in your office, ABSMS.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. Get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what your need and what your budget is, and they will work with you for free. Also, the podcast is brought to you by LBs, just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. It is the best place in this great state to get your meat. It's still cold outside. It's still chilly season, so uh, if you're going to cook, I would encourage you to do an over-the-top chili like I did a few weeks ago. I told you guys about that. Uh, but you got to get meat first, and the best place in this state to do it is LBs, just across from Kroger on University. Tell Greg I sent you. Get one of their daily lunch specials as well if you don't feel like cooking. They'll do the cooking for you. Those are Monday through Friday. So in the meantime, while we're waiting for the dart commitment, while everybody's on the edge of their seat and following their social media and doing all that, uh, basketball, or at least something that resembles basketball, did happen this week in Oxford, and Ole Miss got embarrassed on their home floor by a bad Missouri team, and leading a lot of people to ask a lot of questions about the future of the program. Rather than rehashing something that was said on the radio show, I'm actually going to bring that to you. And I know there's not a lot of crossover audience between here and the radio show, so uh, I'm going to bring this to you. This is Richard and I uh, discussing Ole Miss basketball. You're going to hear some. You know box score stats and stuff from the game, but we get into fan apathy and program direction in future and stuff like that in this conversation. So uh, I'm going to bring that to you today. If uh, if you want to hear about basketball, here you go. This is Richard and I uh, talking about the Missouri loss and the program moving forward and the trajectory and apathy and all of that good stuff. So this uh, this is from. Sports Talk Mississippi, the radio show that, that we do every day. Um, and I'm going to play that for you now, and this will uh, end the podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in. Subscribe, as you always do. Check out my YouTube channel. Just search my name. Find me on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, here you go. So here's Richard and I reacting to the Missouri loss and moving the conversation towards the future of the program. So here that is now. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you whenever, whenever we get the news. Whenever that may be. Talk to you. It's a let's just
0: be, be real. Ole this was 5 of 13 from the free throw line. Oh, it, it, and, and I'm
1: using the coach's words here. I had one person get upset with uh, a phrase I used on Twitter last night. I called the loss pathetic. And somebody didn't like that terminology. Your own coach called it embarrassing. So if you want spin – He's not spinning it. Why are you? That was, that was, it was pathetic. Getting beat like that by a team like that on your home floor is embarrassing. It's pathetic. That's what that was. And sometimes in basketball, and I know they're banged up too. Injuries have not helped that team, but still, this young nucleus that everybody's talking about, plus your veteran center and a couple of guys that have been in the program for a long time, all played last night. Injuries aren't an excuse for that performance. But sometimes in basketball, you just get beat. You run into a team that's hot shooting and you just lose. I mean, Duke loses to bad programs sometimes. And look at the players Duke has. It does happen in basketball. But what you've got to look at is that performance in a conference game at home against that team in the same season where Samford came into your place and beat you at home where you got just embarrassed and run out of the gym by Western Kentucky, and you got a loss to Boise, or, yeah, Boise State on the schedule. It's not just one game. If it was just one game, we'd pass it off as, hey, bad night. That's basketball. Just happens sometimes in basketball. Bad night. This isn't a bad night. This is something that needs to, I don't know, needs to be addressed or whatever. That's probably not the best term, but... This is not a new thing for this team this season. Offensively, they've been stagnant in a lot of games. Effort has been questionable in multiple games. And they've gotten blown out on their home floor by bad teams. They've gotten blown out in general by bad teams this season multiple times. This isn't a one-off. This is kind of who they are.
0: Ole Miss was down 21-19 when Sammy Hunter had a dunk with 8:21 to go in the first half, two-point game with 8:21 left in the first half. And then Missouri closed the half on a 17-4 run to take a 15-point lead into the locker room. Is that right? 17, 17? yeah, 17-4 run. It was 38-23 at halftime. And it really never got close in the second half. I mean, almost cut it to thirteen. They got it back to fourteen a couple of times, but just never could sustain anything. They couldn't get stops on the defensive end. They couldn't make shops, uh, make shots consistently enough to uh, to get anything done. Rebels got it as close as ten. They cut the deficit to ten with seven forty-six to play at fifty-seven forty-seven. And then it went the other way, and they end up losing by 25. So, in the last eight minutes of the first half, Ole Miss was outscored by 13. And in the last seven minutes of the second half, they were outscored by 15. That is not good. In terms of scoring for Ole Miss last night, here was let's see, how did it break down? It was. Um, Deshaun Ruffin with 12 and 27 minutes. He was the only player in double figures. Nicere Brooks had 8 points and 10 rebounds. 6 for Morrell on 2 of 10 shooting. 6 for Luis Rodriguez, who can't buy a basket, on 2 of 11. He had 9 points for Ty Fagan off the bench. He's played relatively well. He almost played some guys last night they hadn't played. Grant Grant Slatten played in the game. Yeah, it was out of anger, it appeared. James White played. Eric Vander Heiden played. The guys hadn't played all year, so yeah, it was it was like a hockey shift,
1: is what that was. Uh, essentially, uh, yeah, out, out of frustration and um, but but that's the thing is and, you know focusing on the macro in this game I, I think is a mistake. Not that we're spending too much time on it anyway, but you have the inevitable question: Is Kermit Davis on the hot seat? I mean, I've, I can't tell you the number of people. Richard, people that I haven't heard from in years texted me, are we going to fire the coach? Was a message I got from a guy I haven't talked to in years last night. And I, my response was, well, no. Not right now. I mean, you're all out a dozen losses in a row and maybe things change. But I think it's fair to say that the program itself is at a point of contention. Because you saw the crowd last night. That's only going to get worse. People are not going to go, especially when baseball season comes and you've got a top five team with a great offense. All joking aside, or not joking about Mike Bianco and fans wanting him out and him interviewing for the LSU job, they just broke a record in season ticket sales.
0: So, and they win like crazy. And, they,
1: and you know when you see them play, they've got a chance to win every time, especially with the offense they have returning. And that's coming soon. So crowds are going to be dead. The team is going to continue to lose games. I think that's where the conversation needs to to go here with this, in this program, is, is what do they do now? Because apathy is about to set in, and like we said yesterday, you cannot ignore empty seats. And there's about to be a lot of them, and there was a lot of them last night.
0: And, and Borky, I would say this and this is not a slight at all, because I know there are tons of passionate fans that do this, but message board communities and social media are not 100% reality. If you're going to those places and those places only to take the temperature of a fan base, it's going to look like a red-hot fan base when things are going well, and it's going to look like, the worst fan base ever when things are not going well. But this is a conversation that extends beyond message board communities and Twitter fire away people. There are people that are frustrated, there are people that are disappointed. I don't think, though, everybody is abandoning Ole Miss basketball. But I do think that there are serious questions that you have to ask, right? I mean, and, and this is kind of what you're talking about. Ole Miss has made in the last decade a more serious and significant investment into basketball than it has ever made at any point in the history of the program. With its practice facility and with the $95 million just crown jewel of a basketball arena right in the middle of practice. uh, I'm sorry, in the middle of campus. Recruiting budget is bigger than it's ever been. Travel budgets are bigger than they've ever been. Coach and assistant coach compensation is bigger than it's ever been, and some of that is it's bigger everywhere. I understand that, but Ole Miss has made a commitment to trying to level the playing field in basketball, and so when you start looking at return on investment, that that's why difficult questions have to be asked if you've got a coach that's not winning and you've clearly shown institutionally that you don't give a crap about a program then whatever Missouri baseball sure why would you ever fire a Missouri baseball coach regardless of the record just you know they're not really terrible either yeah they just don't care yeah you just don't. They might say they care. There might be a small pocket of people that care. They don't actually. But when you make a significant commitment to a program, you're saying institutionally you care. And frankly, the SEC decided as a league that it cared about basketball and it cared about basketball big. And so you got to figure out a way to right the ship. We talked about it yesterday. The opportunity for Kermit Davis to turn this thing around is probably going to be dependent on who he can bring in in terms of transfers to reshape next year's roster and win next year and win at a get you to the tournament level next year. That's just kind of as plain as you can be. It's going to turn around. That's going to be the way that it has to ask questions. But Kermit Davis deserves another year. He needs to take a page out of State's book with transfers. He had so much success so quickly at Ole Miss. might have made expectations higher faster. Yeah, there's something to that. But part of the reason he had the success that he had out of the gate was because he inherited a team that had Terrence Davis and Brian Tyree and Devontae Shuler on it. Now, he got a bunch out of those guys. And and look, if you're going back down the road of Ole Miss never should have gotten rid of Andy Kennedy, shouldn't have made a change there, that is 100% revisionist history. No doubt. And I'm a huge Andy Kennedy fan. Friend. like Like him, have worked with him, have been friends with him for a really long time. Occasionally still text with him. But it was time for a change. Andy Kennedy lost that team. He lost that locker room. He admitted it. He knew it. Andy's in a great place. They're winning a bunch of games at UAB. He may have a tournament team there. It's a place that he played college basketball. That that had to happen. But he had some talent on that roster. Kermit Davis did a great job with that roster in year one. And then it was a roster that was minus Terrence Davis the next year and then it was minus Bree and Tyree after that, and now it's minus Devontae Shuler as well. There are three really good, talented pieces on this team. And I'm not, I mean four, but but I'm thinking in terms of the ability to be good long-term. right? I mean, Nicere Brooks is a one-year deal. He was at Cincinnati, and then he was at Miami, and now he's at Ole Miss. He's out after this year. It's like 39 years old. But Brakefield and Morrell, and then the freshman. Um, Ruffin. Deshaun Ruffin. It's a good nucleus. You got build around that, though. And immediately. And, and, and that's, immediately with impact transfer players. And that's at least what the portal gives you. Uh,
1: it's kind of a, a double edged sword, right? Because an optimist would say. And I I agree with the texture. I I don't think a change now is beneficial, truthfully. I don't think it'll happen. I could be wrong. I mean, Keith Carter surprised us before. Matt Luke was on the recruiting trail when he got canned. I mean, Keith Keith Carter speaks softly and carries a big stick, as uh, they used to say in politics. He he has shown that. Um, I have the unrealistic expectations thing. I actually don't think that's fair. Fans aren't Bothered in checking out because the team's not a tournament team this year. They're bothered in checking out because they're losing teams they should not be losing to, and the product, quite frankly, is not entertaining. It's not just that they're losing games. It's hard to watch. Their losses, When one, you're not competitive against Missouri, and offensively, it's brutal. So they're not winning, and they're not entertaining, and they're not close. That's more of the issue. If they were a team that was you know kind of bubbly and competitive and a little fun, you know, ran a an offense that was fast and they got out and ran a lot and that would be different. but that's not what what this team is. They, they struggle to score. You can argue that an injury especially has hampered that, but still, they can't score. Um,
0: effort appears to be inconsistent. I, I don't like when people say well, and and when you, uh, I, and I'm not excusing the effort thing, but when you lose a guy like Joiner and a guy like Robert Allen, it hurts. They're that are probably, and I'm not even talking about production. I'm talking about like leadership. You know, kind of the veteran guys that drive that. This is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to practice. This is how we're going to perform. That's that's
1: hard to replace. It hurts, no doubt, I, I, but. The expectations I think are fair around here. I think they're fair. People don't expect a tournament team every year. That that would be completely and totally unrealistic. And the the league has elevated and you do have say Kentucky in your conference. Kermit Davis could be the best recruiter in the history of basketball. Same for Ben Holland, and they will not get the players Kentucky can get. There are things that happen in college basketball that are out of contr- out of the control of the head coaches at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You're not getting the Kentucky guys. Have you heard how Will Wade gets players? He told you himself. It's not really happening around here very much. They're they're not asking you to, to get a bunch of five stars and win games like Kentucky and be better than Kentucky. But they are asking to have an entertaining product on the floor. And while it's difficult, it's a hard job, really hard job. It's a better job than Boise State and Samford and Western Kentucky and Missouri, at least with what Missouri has recently put on the floor. That's why people are frustrated. It's not that they're not making the tournament every year. It's that right now the trajectory is going the opposite direction and not matching what people are putting into the program right now. That has to change in fast.
0: Yeah.
1: A super talk Mississippi Ah! Media Production.